0: Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of media and entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, business editor for Variety. Today my guest in New York is veteran documentary filmmaker Stanley Nelson. Stanley has a long list of credits that include his latest work for PBS's American Masters series, Miles Davis, Birth of the Cool, and 2015's The Black Panthers, Vanguard of the Revolution. He's also a 2002 recipient of the MacArthur Foundation's coveted Genius Grant. The motto of Nelson's Firelight Films banner is changing the story. He's putting that into practice with the Documentary Lab program run by the company's Firelight Media nonprofit arm. That program offers mentorship and support for promising filmmakers over an 18-month period. This year, he added the William Greaves Fund, named after the pioneering black documentary filmmaker who was his own mentor. This fund is designed to help mid-career directors get their second and third projects off the ground. Stanley and I spoke about the business of getting documentary films made and his interest in helping to shepherd the next generation of documentarians at Firelight's offices in a four-story brownstone in Harlem that is stocked with energetic filmmakers-in-training. Stanley Nelson, documentary filmmaker. Thank you so much for inviting me up to Harlem for this conversation.
1: Uh, Thank you.
0: Stanley, you have a long list of uh, fine documentary credits to your name, and you have been a producer and a supporter and an angel for many other projects over the years. Let me just ask you a very simple question. How have you managed to make it and really prosper on the content side as a documentary filmmaker all these years? We know it's a difficult business to... To, to to work in,
1: yeah. I mean, I, I think w- one thing that that uh, I promised myself I would do a couple of months ago is whenever I talked about, you know, my career or documentary filmmaking, I would use the word luck because <laughs> I think a lot of it is luck, you know. And and, I, and you can you know talk about I did this or I did that, but a lot of it is is luck. I think. Um, you know, starting out, I, I kind of I went to film school, and, and so you know I had a, a bunch of different f- uh, skills, so I could work as an editor, I could work as a sound person, I could work as an assistant camera person, uh, you know, associate producer, producer. But I, I I promised myself when I got out of film school that I would do whatever it takes, anything to kind of stay in in production in in film, and and just you know um, I knew I wanted to to do that. Um, and then I think that you know when I started uh, actually producing and directing, you know the way I looked at it is I just wanted you know each film to lead to the next. That I didn't want you know any film to stop my career cold. You know, and so right. I, I wanted to you know um, in, in some ways expand what I, I did from, from film to film, and, and, and put everything that, that that I knew about filmmaking up to that point in every film.
0: Do you feel like you, you've been able to do that?
1: I feel like, yeah, I I, I really have. I've been able to, to do so many different things, you know, using animation, you know, u- using music, um, you know, uh, just different ways of doing interviews, um, really just trying to expand, you know, using in, in the Miles Davis film, the film we, we uh, finished recently, you know, we we use uh, still pictures in, in 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 different ways and and graphics in, in in different ways so you know i'm I just try to to expand what I do from film to film just just a little bit you know i'm I'm not trying to 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 break the mold I'm, I'm just trying to you know make a better cupcake
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you've obviously you know documentaries in in the last couple of years have really gotten hot you've been in this space since the since the 1980s and and before if i'm not mistaken how has the business of putting a documentary together changed in the in the last you know say the last decade or in the in the time that we've seen this content explosion is it an easier process harder process i mean i think i think
1: things have have become easier in terms of the technology, you know, no no doubt. I mean, you know, um, we're at the the stage now where somebody can, you know, if you're looking at an archive, they can press a button and, and send you the archival, you know, material, you know, right, right you know, into your computer in a second where they used to have to, you know, dub off a tape and make a tape and send you a tape and you might get it or not, it might get lost in oh, the mail, God. you know, all those crazy things that would happen but now it, you know, everything is, is, is faster quicker and, and you know, I'm not one that, that would argue, you know, I started out, you know, using 16 millimeter film and I'm not one who would argue you know, um, oh, those were the days when we used 16 millimeter. no <laughs> those, to me those days were really slow and, and expensive yeah, and it's very expensive They've been very very slow, um, and just you know, rewinding a 16 millimeter film you know could take you, you know, a half hour. Then the middle of the core falls out and the film spools all over the place. So I think thing I think in that way things have gotten a lot better. I think you know one of the huge changes though though in the last you know five ten years are the financing of films because so many there's so many di- different uh, funders there's so many different outlets for, for, for documentary films. Um, and so that, that especially has made it easier, especially for those, you know, like myself and, and, uh, and others who are established, you know, I mean, you know, now, now we're called content providers, which is a term I'd never heard before, (laughs) you know, for a couple of years ago, but, but, you know, so that if you're proven, you know, have a track record of, of, you know, being able to, to take an idea to a finished film, then all of a sudden you know you're a coveted entity you know where you know 10 years ago you know people wouldn't even take your calls
0: <laughs> that it, it, the demand for for high end and in depth content and I, I must say as a fan of Miles Davis and particularly that those birth of the cool sessions trying to understand really what they meant in the history of that music the documentary that just is just premiering this week on PBS Miles Davis Birth of the Cool is required viewing for anybody interested in the history of America, anybody interested in jazz, and of course anybody any fans of Miles Davis. Let's talk about that project. How, in terms of in terms of assembling a film, editorially, obviously, a big mountain with a subject like a Miles Davis, how in terms of, but in terms of the money to make the film, How how does that start? Does it start at the very kind of idea stage of a film? Do you start to think who might be able to help me help me put this together help fund this or do you work a little longer on your topic before you start to, to kind of hit the market?
1: Um, no, I mean, I think that 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 I really started at at the beginning of thinking about you know who's going to fund this and and how we're going to get funding for this film. Um, you know, at the same time we're thinking about you know is this a film that we can do? You know, right? Um, is a film that can be done. Um, so you know, with Miles, um, we went to American Masters early on, and, and and it was kind of this thing where they came to us and we went to them at the same time. We argued about who came, who went first, but, <laughs> but 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 somehow you know we agreed that that we could. We should do Miles Davis. They brought in another company, Eagle Rock Entertainment out of London. Um, and those were basically the the main funders for the for the film. Um it was just one of those things that where everything just kind of came together. Um, you know, very quickly. Um, you know, and you know, in some ways, it's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, Miles Davis. You know, we we, we had gone to Miles's family and gotten the 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 permission of, of Miles' Miles's family to go ahead and make the film. They kind of had to approve of me, and and we talked about what we wanted to do, and then we got Sony Music, who owns a lot of Miles's catalog. You know, sure. in, involved. And you know, so we had Miles' family, Miles' estate. We had Sony, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, let's go.
0: And and that happens only because of the track record that you walk in with. I mean,
1: yeah, I, gotta I mean, I I, th- I think you know it, it's it's much harder if you if you come in off the street, and and you know, I think that you know when we talk about you know things have changed, I think that things have changed a great deal. Again for 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 people who have track records, you know, but but if you don't and you might have even produced, you know, one or two really really great films, um, you know, it's still hard to get to get your foot in the door.
0: Even with in the case of like a Miles Davis movie, even with the rights and, you know, having a good relationship with Sony, I would imagine though that just even just paying for the music in the film is a pretty significant chunk of the budget. Is that something that you have to consider if you're doing a project on on a person that has a lot of like you know either visual or music rights that you know you're going to have to get.
1: Yeah, I mean that that that's always a consideration, but but I think that you know you, you know that going in, you know you know that that. Uh, you know, uh, Sony's not going to just give us the music, you right. know. Even though we we had a we kind of had a blanket deal, but you know we had to pay for that blanket deal. And then, then then there are other sources because we didn't want the film to be limited to just you know the music that Sony owned. So there's a good portion of music that was. Pre, pre, it's actually Columbia that now Sony owns, but mm-hmm. it was a, a good portion of music that was pre-Columbia, and then there's a, a good portion of music music that's post-Columbia. So we we didn't want to say, okay, we're we're just going to use these twenty tracks, you know, out of uh, the Sony mm-hmm. catalog, and so we knew that 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 there was a, a bit of negotiation to to buy, you know, the the other tracks that we needed.
0: Was that process of putting together films and getting rights and photo rights and all that that was that is that part of the sort of the essential education of a documentary producer, you really, most people don't have the luxury of, of saying, telling a business affairs office, please handle that. Like, is that something that you have to juggle when you're, when you're starting out?
1: Um, you know, I did, you know, when, when I started out, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, for my first, you know, few films, I mean, I did all the, the, the footage research, the photo research, the music research, and all of those things myself, because, um, you know, I, I couldn't pay anybody to do it. And, uh, you know, I couldn't even pay myself to do it, but, but, <laughs> but I but I had to get it done. Um, and, and it's proved invaluable, you know, because, you know, I can help direct you know uh, other people now you know so now we have a a archival producer we have a music producer we have other people who are working on the film who do that but i can say well have you tried this have you tried that um you know and so i I kind of know that 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 landscape so you know an example in in miles you know from from first part of miles his career probably you know pre-1970 or so um, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of footage or, or, you know, there were a bunch of pictures, but, you know, 90% of them, 95% of them were Miles, you know, on stage with a trumpet in his hand. I mean, that's, we had a lot of those. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, we had some like 5,000, 10,000 photos of Miles on stage. Um, but what about the other, other photos right. and, and footage? So, you know, we spent a lot of time looking in Europe. You know, for stuff and and we found some concerts that that, that miles that miles played in europe. we we found uh, a great scene of miles and and Francis, his wife getting off a train in in europe and and it's just you know really great footage. Um, and we found a photographer in, in Paris who had taken, you know thousands, literally thousands of of pictures of miles and had the most organized archive that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, his archive is just crazy. He has passed away, but his family runs his archives and the stuff that I mean, the way it's archived. So it's not only Miles, but it's cross reference with everybody who's, who's in the group on the stage. So you know, it's Miles, and then it's Herbie Hancock and Wayne Shorter. Then if you look up Herbie Hancock, you know, he has the same contact sheets, and it's just it's just incredible. Oh my God! Um, A and, jazz lover's dream. Yeah, and and the only way that we could deal with it was we just you know because they're. Li- Literally thousands of pictures, so we, we, we took uh, pictures of the uh, the contact sheets, and now those were our references. You know the contact sheets, and some sometimes we didn't we couldn't even take pictures of the whole all the contact sheets. <laughs> so we just went like, okay, and there's twenty more of, of this concert. You know if we need them.
0: Let's talk about Firelight Media. You are right. this is your production company, um, and it is marking its twentieth anniversary. Tell me about the kind of ethos behind the company
1: okay well I should say that 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 firelight has two two divisions firelight films which is a pro- for-profit company which makes the actual produces the film and firelight media which is which is a nonprofit the main thing firelight media does is we run what we call the documentary lab and and um, we work with filmmakers um, all over the country filmmakers of color you know making their first or second film um, we provide mentorship to the filmmakers and really just try to you know get them to, to get that first or second film out there and, and up there and all and on the air and you know what we try to say is you know what we want to try to do is is help you know start filmmakers career and help them uh, be able to you know pay their rent and buy groceries for making films
0: yeah that that's a bit that's a tall order in many cases how have you, how do you, do you find, um, you know, how, how do you bring in people into the company for that yeah. kind of mentorship? Yeah.
1: So, so um, maybe three years ago or so, we started an open call. Before that, we had other ways of, of finding people. You through know, references. And, and, and and through references. And we had a, a kind of a, you know, a, what do you call it, kind of a, a ongoing, you could apply at any time and, you know, right. and, and, you know, like that. But, but that just got so crazy because we were getting, you know, you know, you might get three applications on Monday and four on Tuesday and seven on third. You know, it, just, right. it was crazy. Um, so we have open call. I think we got 220 applications uh, for our last open call for like 10 slots or eight slots or something like that. So but, but you know, we, we go we try to go everywhere and talk to everybody and let everybody know. So, you know, we go to Sundance, we go to Tribeca, we go to all the film festivals. Uh, We also work with um, what's called the Minority Consortium as part of PBS. We work with all of them. Um, You know, word of mouth, we just try to, you know, talk to everybody and try to get as, as, uh, let everybody know and try to get as many uh, people and, and their projects to apply as we possibly can.
0: And how? And so, if I understand right, the eight, the development lab is an eighteen month process.
1: Yeah, the doc lab runs for for up to eighteen months um, before it was open ended, and we after three or four years, we're like, okay, this is it's not, <laughs> right. not going to work, you know? you know, because you know you're taking up space, and we got to get you out of here and get yeah. somebody else in. I think it's helped the filmmakers to know that you know it's a limited time, yeah. but you know they they can be in up to eighteen months, and and we provide mentorship. So you know if. if um, if you come to us and you're accepted in the lab let's say and and you you have a trailer and we feel like you know your trailer's not as good as your proposal you know we can get, give you a producer to help you with your with your trailer we can assign kind of a consulting editor we can't afford to pay for an editor you know, but we can assign you a consulting editor um, to help with with your uh, with your trailer um, you know sometimes people come in they have a great trailer and their proposal is is not very good you know we can assign you a writer to help you um, we pay for all these things we've gotten uh, you know uh, generous support from a number of, of different uh, foundations and organizations so you know people come in the lab never pay us anything you know and we we, we don't ask to be paid anything and we've had you know uh, some films that, that, a lot of films that have been hugely successful, um, so maybe we should have asked for some money. <laughs>
0: do you, do you, for people that come through, come through the process and have a film that was clearly worked on here, do you have any ongoing association
1: with that film? With, with, with the film. N- Yes and no. I mean, you know, they become. I mean, so so. What happens that that we found is is that the the members of of the lab become a community, and 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 they you know really worked work together and really work uh, with us. And they they one of the things that 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 we didn't really understand when we started it is how important it was. To, to the filmmakers, to be part of a community. Mm. and so they they are part of this ongoing community. Um, you know, we're like the mafia, you know,' we're, you know, we're gonna call on you at some point, you know, and so we call on people all the time. <laughs> it might be a favor that yeah, you need in the middle of the, middle of the night <laughs> right. We to you know ask them to come speak to the other lab members about um, you know, uh, the process or just talk to this person about. You know, navigating. You know that your film's release or or, or other things. So um, we, you know, yeah. So what we do. So we stay in touch with everybody. Pretty much who's 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 been in the lab. Mm-hmm.
0: And would you say? Do you feel like that there's that there is there's money out there? There is grant money, foundation money out there to support this kind of work.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that 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 when we started the lab, we went in with 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 two kind of uh, leaps of faith the first one was that there were you know enough filmmakers out there with great projects you know who could who could make these films I mean these films are for you know TV I mean we're not making shorts we're making you know feature-length films you know for the movies uh, or, or for TV you know and um, we felt that 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 there were there were filmmakers enough filmmakers out there um, that's proven to be true, and, and more so, you know. Um, and that we felt that that uh, we could raise the money to, to do this and keep this going, and that's proven to, to be true. I think. I think part of it was you know, uh, naivete in, in jumping in because we, we didn't real, as filmmakers, we, you know, you raise money for your film and you get your film and you're done. We didn't realize that, that we, that to, to have an ongoing lab, I mean, it means that you're constantly fundraising because this thing, you know, has to keep going, you know, it's not like, okay, I make a film for a year or two years and I'm done. It's like the lab is, is in its, uh, 10th year, Celebrates its 10th year. And, uh, you know, we're going strong. So so we found that that, that there was money to, to keep it going. And, and um, you know, it's, it's been very successful. And, uh, you know, and, and, and for me, it's been just, you know, incredibly rewarding. I mean, you know, it's just really great to see, you know, a filmmaker get their first film in Sundance or Tribeca or wherever. And, you know, I mean, how, you know, how they change, you mm-hmm. know, from, from feeling, you know, oh, I don't know, I'm an insecure filmmaker. Like, oh, yeah, now I got it.
0: What do you find that people that you come in, people that Im- impress you and you bring into the lab, other than uh, the resources, the money and resources, what, what kind of things do, they, do you find that filmmakers these days need, need most in terms of guidance from somebody with your experience?
1: Is it that editorial POV? They need massaging. They, they, they need a <laughs> pat on the back. They, you know, a lot need of a little times, love. <laughs> a lot times it's just love. It's like you can do this. You know, you can do this. And, you know, it's that it's that I mean, you know, I, I hope, you know, no from the lab hears this, but it's a lot of a lot of times it's, it's just like, you know, saying to people, you know, you can do this. You know, we believe in you. You know, we believe that you, you know, we believe in you. You know, there were 220 people who applied for this. You're one of the 10 that got it. Because we believe in you and we believe in your film. I mean, and, and you know, that sounds, you know, esoteric, but, you know, you know if, if you haven't kind of worked on a film or, you know, maybe written a book or something, you know, you don't realize how you know, you're alone. You know, you're just alone and, and there's nobody there to, to tell you it's, it's going to be okay. This is really, you know, it's okay. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, that's the, the most and the best of what we provide.
0: Do you see a difference in impact whether something goes as a theatrical release you know largely limited for many documentaries versus being on a television platform like a like a POV or American masters
1: I, I don't I don't I don't really you know I mean I, I think there's a, a few films that break through um, but I, I think also that that what's happening now is is so many films. You know are just in theater so they can qualify for the academy award you know american factory was made for netflix or bought by netflix you know right out of sundance right and, you know and so give it that I, one <laughs> week in new york gorilla yeah, and, and, yeah. and it, it does and you know it it's it's doing fine thank you you know um so i i i don't i i've never thought that way i mean we made a lot of films you know for american experience on, on pbs and uh, the vast majority of them you know uh, went straight you know to tv you know um i i so you know I, I think as long as you can get people's eyes on them you know and that that's what you got to try to figure out how to do i mean that's something that, that we talk about in the lab you know we had a whole um, impact division that dealt with you know impact and and um, trained people for impact and also you know worked with our filmmakers on impact because you know it's it's uh, a lot of times people don't don't understand that if you make a film you know you, you get on you know somewhere that's prime you know uh, uh, Netflix Hulu Amazon er, right. you know anywhere um, and it can just go up and come down you know how do you how do you make sure that people see it that's
0: can you think of a good example of a, of a film, whether you were involved with or another film, that had a really strong impact campaign that that you know post release that magnified the that magnified the kind of radius of of whatever the film was trying to shine a light on?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if this, this this is what what you're what you're looking for, but you know, when we we uh, we premiered Miles at Sundance mm-hmm. and then. Um, uh, so that was in January, and then we started, we didn't start our theatrical, then we played some festivals, and then we started our theatrical release uh, in September. And what we did was every every weekend, you know, for eight weeks or more, we would open in a different city, and every weekend when we would open, I would go to that City, mm-hmm. so we opened in Detroit. I'm there Friday night, Saturday, mm-hmm. and Sunday afternoon. Miles's nephew or or his son are also there. People mm-hmm. who are in the film are also there. And what we found was that you know when you open, it becomes an event. So like, okay, the, in Detroit we open, and and the filmmaker is there, and Miles's son is there. And so that first night, you know, you, you sell out. And then the, all those people tell all their friends. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, next night, you do the same kind of thing. And it starts the ball rolling. And so it, it really like pushes the film forward. Um, you know, that was something that, that, that I did, I think, for like eight to ten straight weeks. I was in a different city mm-hmm. every, every weekend. Um, a true a true roadshow. Yeah, yeah, a real
0: grassroots roadshow.
1: It, re, it was a real roadshow. But, you know, I mean, for, for me, look, I, I that's something I really love and really enjoy doing. You know, I mean... You know, that's the easy part of of, of filmmaking. It's kind of like the gravy. You know, the film is made. It's done. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's up there, you know. You know, and, and... and I think one thing that I've learned is that, you know, the, the first reaction that you get to the film from the first time, first showing, that's the reaction you're going to always get, you know. It's, a, it's
0: consistent. It's, con- it's
1: always pretty, it's pretty consistent. You know, it, it can just vary a little bit. You know, we, we premiered Miles at Sundance and, the, and um, you know, to a largely white audience. And I remember the first time we screened the film for a black audience, we were like, holy crap because people were going wild you know like you know, our our, our premiere screening at sundance you know we got a standing ovation it was great but when we screened the film for a black audience it was just different people were yelling at the screen and you know like when herbie hancock came on they would start clapping it was just it was just a whole different scene
0: and does that kind of reaction does that kind of as a filmmaker does that make you think I did good. I hit I hit the right, you know, I, I touched the nerve for, for these folks telling this great story about this amazing complicated personality.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean I think that I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the story for me, the, the, the greatest story with Miles was, you know, I, I work with my wife Marcia Smith and she's uh, probably, you know, the person whose opinion I value the most and trust the most, you know, um, and she hadn't seen like the really the whole Miles film and we sat down in front of the computer when we were, like, just done, and I showed her the film, and, uh, you know, uh, I turned to her to her when the film ended, and she was crying, and she said, oh, my God, you did it, you did it, and that's just, like, one of the greatest moments of my life, because it, it meant so much to me, um, that we were able to tell Miles' story, you know, um, in a way that, that that made sense and that people would, would like. And so, you know, that was the moment where I felt, OK, we're OK, we're OK. Your toughest
0: critic you brought yeah, to tears. Yeah, right? Wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and that was, you know, and, you know, she'll tell me, you know, make that shot longer, make that shot shorter. But, but that was her only her only comment was you did it.
0: Have you um, have you experimented at all with docuseries, multi-part multi-part series for, for any number of, you know, Netflixes and Amazon's?
1: Yeah, we, we just did a, a, a four hour, uh, two parter for ESPN on Michael Vick, which, um, aired three weeks ago. It just happens that we have all this stuff going on at uh-huh. the same time. But we just aired, aired that and, and we're working on a, a four part series for, uh, PBS on the Atlantic slave trade oh. where we you know, we haven't, we, we start shooting like next month. So we're, we're probably a year and a half out, but we're just starting that. I mean, I think that that one of the things that that happens, you know, for the good and bad, you know, is, is for documentary filmmakers, you know, that's where the money is. I mean, you know, if you can, if you can do a four part, a six part, you know, there's four times or six times the money, you and know. the time, but and, but you
0: have to deliver the material.
1: Yeah, and the time, but 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 it, it what it but does, the money is that significant. Yeah, you know, but what what it does is it makes you able to hire. Um, a support team you know so if you're doing a, a like an hour and a half or a two-hour film you know you might not be able to hire a production manager Right. You might not be able to hire, right. you know, that kind of support that a longer film allows you, a series allows you to handle. So it, it takes some of the weight off you um, when you can do a series. And, and it also, you know, like part of our lives are like gypsies, you know, as documentary right. filmmakers. So it means that, like, OK, I've got a home. Yeah, you know, I've got a home for the next two years or three years or whatever it is. You know, I've got a home rather than, oh, I've got a home for a year. I got to move.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, it's an itinerant, itinerant right. life for sure. Let's talk about the William Greaves Fund, which is something that was just unveiled this year at Sundance, and it's basically a, a program to provide twenty five thousand dollars,
1: like seed money,
0: for mid career filmmakers. Mm-hmm. If I'm explaining that right, why 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 did you feel the need for that this program at this time?
1: Well, first I should say that you know William William Greaves was um, uh, the highly the, 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 the So William Greaves was the first real documentary African-American filmmaker. Um, And he was, in some ways, my mentor. My first job was with Bill Greaves. And, um, you know, so many other people, you know, of my generation started out with Bill because he was the only black guy out there Mm -hmm. making docs, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And and so, you know, we wanted to to honor his name. He passed away a few years ago. We wanted to honor his name. Um, You know, part of our thinking was that, that we've had filmmakers who've come through, Um, The Doc Lab, you know, with their first film, and they've, you know, won awards, I mean, you know, Peabody's and Emmys and, and, you know, they still had a problem getting that second, third film off the ground, getting their foot in the door you know, coming to us and saying, you know, look, I might have to take a teaching job or something, you know. Um, and I'm not talking about a film teaching job. I'm talking about, you know, in a high school. Or, or,
0: it's or a very real, if you talk you know, to documentary producers, it's a very real, you know, that whole making a living part, which is, which is, again, your success and the ability to expand as you have is really impressive.
1: Right. And and so, you know, we, we felt that, that, you know, if you've made a one great film, I mean, you know, somehow, you know, you should have the, uh, the, you know, somehow you should be able to at least start another one. You know, somehow the world should be there for you. Um, so we, we wanted to start a, a, a fund for, um, you know, second-time filmmakers, you know, to help them get that, that film off the ground. And, and so many times, you know, now it's, it's, it's uh, having that, that, that sizzle reel, that, that sample reel, that teaser that, right. that says to people, you know, this is what I'm trying to do um and and you know that that can then uh you know sway people to to come in with 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 full funding
0: mhm mhm um and it was just announced have you had much you must have had a lot of response to it so far
1: yeah, I'm not the one to talk to about that. Sorry, responses <laughs> <laughs> responses response not going to me. But but yeah, I mean, I, we haven't even we, we announced it at Sundance, and we're going to have another you know huge announcement here in New York with Bill Greaves' widow and and things, and things like that. So I think we just just announced it. I, I I'm not the one who kind of manages it, so I don't know.
0: Gotcha. And kind of is that on. a separate sort of strain of funding to come in to, to yeah, provide we, those we, grants? Yeah,
1: we we actually got got some money for for that. Um, you know, uh, to to do that because you know we went and and. Pitched to funders you know you know what do we do for 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 these filmmakers who who are coming through the lab or or through other places that are making one great film um you know and, and it's still hard to get in the door of you know um you know netflix hulu uh, HBO, PBA, anybody, you know, um, you know, uh, especially if you if, if you're making, you know, a film that that's a little different, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't sound sexy, you know, but but these are people who who've taken something for their first film and made something that doesn't sound sexy and made it, you know, made a great film. So what we wanted to do was just if we could, you know, give uh, a few people, you know, a helping hand to make that second film.
0: Is it hard? I would imagine that in the, in the documentary field, it would be some stories, you know, some stories announce themselves. Uh, Michael Vick is, sounds like a re- really interesting to get into that. Miles Davis, but if you're, you know, if if you're doing an environmental story or a social justice story, and that. I imagine that some of it takes time. You kind of have to take that time to follow it, to see where the story's going, if it's even going to materialize into a great story. That process must be hard to do if you don't have a so an independent source of wealth. If you're a documentary filmmaker, we've heard the stories of the movies that took ten years to make. Right. That's a, that's a long time to not have <laughs> to right. not have a paycheck.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think part of part of our thinking is uh, is that you know. Um, you know, you can't take 10 years to make every film, you know, you you can do it once, you know, but, but if you, if if you've taken, you know, a fair amount of time and you've made a great film, then, you know, somehow you should be able to get some seed money to make that second, you know, and, and so that's what, what, what we think is, is, is really important. One of the things that, that, that happened with, with, with Bill Greaves, the first film I made was, uh, Two Dollars in a Dream, the story of Madam C.J. Walker, and, um, uh, the second film I, I made was *The Black Press*, *Soldiers Without Swords*, mm-hmm. and, and when I made that film, I remember, you know, Bill Greaves came up to me and he said, "Well, you know, now Stanley, you're 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 in a in a different realm because you've done it twice. Nobody can say that it was luck. You've done it twice. Right. Things are going to change for you." Now he was kind of right. <laughs> <laughs> he changed slowly, but I mean, it, it's really it's really important to get that second one under your belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business.